he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. In the name of Jesus, amen. So last January, the Matins added a new member to the family, a furry one. Some of you know this, a Leo. Leo is the uh, a Shih Tzu Poodle mix we got about 13 months ago, and he is absolutely wonderful. He follows you around uh, wherever you go. When you get home, he's so happy to see you. He jumps up on you, runs from person to person, licking everybody's face like crazy. When he, when he gets a bath, he runs around the house like a madman. He, he's, he's pure joy. Everyone in the family agrees that paws down, I'm his absolute favorite. <laughs> well, there, there may be some, some dissent on that. But, but you get the picture. I love the little guy. I thank God for him, Jen, and I should have given in to our children's pleas for a dog long before we, we did. And now, I could go on about Leo and how our interspecies affection might give some glimpse of the great, wildly diverse friendship that will be heaven. But I'll save that for another time. Instead, I want to ask the other uh, pet owners here uh, something that's a little odd. I've not had a pet before, at least it's been a a long time, and I I don't count our guinea pigs. Um, I want to know if something is weird. Do you ever look at your dog or your, your cats or whatever you might have and just get a little sad sometimes? Sad specifically that given the average lifespan of a dog vis-a-vis their owners, there's a pretty good chance that he will go before you, that Leo will expire before me. Is that something more more people do than than I do, or is that that a a common thought? I actually had a, a dream the other night about taking Leo to his last visit to the vet, if you know what I mean. So sad. Yeah. Now, maybe not the dream bit, but from the the nods of heads out there, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one ever to realize the canine, feline, equine, lifetime, lifespan thing. And so as much as we love our animal companions, get a little sad when we do realize that. And it's not just our pets, is it? In a scene from an early episode of The Good Life, Kristen Bell's character, Eleanor, is trying to explain to this reformed demon named Michael, played by Ted Danson. Eleanor is trying to explain to Michael what it's like to be a human being. One of the things she says is this. She says, all human beings are aware of death. So we're all a little bit sad all the time. In other words, according to Eleanor, it's not just with our pets, but with each other and ourselves. The death cloud. And so a little bit, maybe more than a little bit, 
sad. It made me more than sad. Our epistle lesson for today speaks of you and, and me and Eleanor as those who through awareness of death, who through awareness and fear of death, are not just sad but subject to lifelong slavery. Slavery. That, that death can somehow run us, take over, order us around, own us like a, a master does his slaves. And not like anyone wants to admit that. No one ever wants to admit they're a slave, but it is definitely there. And so we hide from it. We, we run from it, pretend that, that death is not coming for, uh, not just for our pets, but for us. How many billions of dollars are spent, do we spend, <laughs> in covering up and coloring over and squeezing in and exercising away all the signs of encroaching death, usually euphemized as aging or something. I wonder how much of our craving for attention, you could go on about this, I wonder how much of our, our craving for attention, our look-at-me cultures, the, the drives to success from climbing the corporate ladder to collecting Instagram likes. I wonder how much of it, below all the other stuff, I wonder how much of that is one big run from the last visit to the vet. Look at me and how important I am and don't stop looking. As if it's impossible for me to die while people are watching and liking and envying me. Through fear of death, subject to lifelong slavery. I've been reading a, a book about the, the fourth century bishop, St. Augustine, and he says about the same thing. He spent a lot of time thinking about death in this book called The Confessions. Uh, specifically about the death of some close friends and how that's really messing with him and his relationship with other friends. Paraphrasing Augustine and sounding a little bit like Eleanor, he says, the trouble with human happiness is that it's constantly beset by fear. Fear of losing what we love, and that fear puts a, a damper on things. If Augustine had a dog, I don't know if he did, he'd probably be getting weird dreams about taking his furry friend overrun with tumors to the vet in a dozen years or so. Or worse, maybe he was dreaming dreams that I never want to sleep, let alone live through. Some of the things I know many of you have gone through. And yeah, I know this is kind of a downer, and it's maybe uh, not the thing we like to talk about all the time, and perhaps has you thinking, I really wish Pastor had preached on something else. But if not here, where? If not now, when? When to admit we're all a little bit sad. All the time. Well, to begin to respond to that, I want to, to read you something. It's a couple paragraphs. It's an obituary. To which you might be thinking, enough already, Pastor. We got the idea about death. You don't need to read us an old sad obituary. Well, this isn't your everyday obituary. It's a little bit different. From this kind of burgeoning genre of write-your-own obituary, obituary, I've seen a bunch of these lately. This one's written by a guy named Ken. 
I'm guessing Ken, I saw a picture of him. He's in his mid to late 50s, kind of a soft in the middle, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And this is the obituary he wrote for himself before he died, which was then published after he died recently. Part of it. In 2011, Ken accepted a job in the marketing department at Simpson College, where he remained until 2018. He enjoyed it very much, but once again, forgot an important lesson. Always have a plan B. (laughs) He was diagnosed with liver disease at the beginning of 2019, which is pretty ironic given how little he drank. Eat your fruits and vegetables, kids. He's survived by his sons, Jesse and Max, and his stepson, Jared Reese, all who brought Ken unsurpassed joy. He hopes they will forgive him for not making the point more often. He loved his boys and was and is extraordinarily proud to be their father. For most of his life, Ken suffered from a compulsive gambling addiction that nearly destroyed him. But his church friends and the loving people at Gamblers Anonymous never gave up on him. Ken placed his last bet September 5th, 2009. He died clean. He hopes that everyone who needs help will seek it, which is hard, and accept it, which is even harder. Miracles abound. Ken's pastor says God can work miracles for you and through you. Skepticism may be cool, and for too many years Ken embraced it, but it was faith in Jesus Christ that transformed his life. That was the one thing he never regretted. It changed everything. For for many years, Ken was a member of First United Methodist Church in Indianola and sang in the choir, which was a neat trick, considering he couldn't read a note of music. The choir members will never know how much they helped him. He then joined Lutheran Church of Hope. If you want to know what God's love feels like, just walk in those doors. Seriously, right now, we'll wait. Ken isn't going anywhere. (laughs) Ken had many character flaws. If he still owes you money, he's sorry sincerely. But he liked to think that he had a good sense of humor and a deep compassion for others. He prided himself in letting other drivers cut in line. He would give you the shirt off his back, even with the ever-present food stain. Thank goodness nobody asked. It wouldn't have been pretty. (laughs) In lieu of flowers, Ken asked that everyone wear black armbands and wail in public during a one-year grieving period. If that doesn't work, how about donating a book to the public libraries in Granger or Indianola? Yes, this obituary is probably too long. Ken always wrote too long. God is good. Embrace every moment, even the bad ones. See you in heaven. Ken promises to let you cut and lie. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I just think that's that's beautiful. It's sad in its own way, but I, I love it. I love the, the honesty and the peace and the easy release of which it speaks. I want to be able to speak like that, and I want you and the ones you love to have that kind of peace. More than that, Jesus wants it for you, which is why he came and died himself. And rose for you. That even if a little bit sad all the time, the little bit of sadness can be wrapped in a peace that surpasses understanding and a love that is stronger than death. We heard that beautiful song in our gospel lesson. We sometimes sing it in our liturgy. Old Simeon, 
Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. That's what Simeon sang when he first laid eyes on Jesus. He says, now I can die. Now I can let go of my loves, for that's what it means to die. Now I can let go of my loves and die in peace, because I've seen a love that is stronger than death. As he looks at a, a 40-day-old Jesus, he's saying, I've seen the one. He doesn't have it all together yet, but I've seen the one who, though he die, will live again, never to die again. I've seen the one who, who loved me first and called everything into existence and so is stronger than everything, even stronger than death. Bishop Augustine, towards the, towards the end of that aforementioned ponderings about death, as I said, he exclaims, he cries out, cries out to God. He says, happy God is the person who loves you and loves his friend in you and his enemy because of you. You see, he says, when I love my friends and my family, even as dog, when I love them in Jesus, when I love them as ones held on to Jesus, well, even when I have to let them go and be sad, I know all is not lost. Because Jesus, because Jesus, the one who's destroyed the power of death, cannot lose them. Augustine again to God. Then the left alone, he, that is the one who loves God, when left alone, he, lo- he loses none dear to him, for all are dear in the one, in Jesus, who cannot be lost. Ken knew that, which is why he could write his own obituary like he did, because he loved his wife and sons, loved himself in Jesus. Friends, you do the same. Love your spouse in Jesus. Love your children in Jesus. Love your parents in Jesus. Those children you love in Jesus, that's why you brought them to baptism after all, so you can know whatever happens, they are safe in Jesus. Love yourself in Jesus. And even your own last trip to the vet need not be too terrible. Because everything you put in Jesus, like some beautiful, eternal, full of love, graciously capacious, safe deposit box, Everything you put in Jesus can never be lost because you can never lose Jesus. Oh yeah, and what about uh, Leo? (laughs) You see him in the age to come. Everyone always, always wants to know about that. Well, I won't give you the Bible verses, but I think so. I think so. For what it's worth, Martin Luther thought so too. In one of his table talks, these dinner conversations that his, his students wrote down. And one of them, Luther, is saying to his, his little dog, Topol, means something like dumbhead. <laughs> Luther says to little Topol, who is growling about something, he says, Be thou comforted, little dog. Thou too, in the resurrection, shall have a little golden tail. <laughs> Love everything in Jesus. And you will never lose a thing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.